Silverbell Smith and the Music Makers, written by Rachel Garnett. Chapter 1 You really ought to know about Silverbell Smith, for when she closed her eyes, she heard music. Now this was frankly very odd, because music was not supposed to exist. For you see, there was once a city that was called New Bravo City, and in that city there was a great green sign with great green letters that hung in front of a great green building that said as much and read as such. Music is a myth. Myths are lies, and lies are bad. There were many signs like this in New Bravo City, and this city was where Silverbell Smith lived. Many people saw the many signs every day. Everyone seemed to believe what they said. Yes, everyone seemed to agree. And so Silverbell Smith did not try to correct them. Because Silverbell Smith knew that trying to correct someone about music and whether or not it existed could be terribly dangerous indeed. Sometimes Silverbell thought she might not be alone in thinking that music might not be a myth. For sometimes there were signs, no, not signs like the green signs, but signs like clues that somebody else knew that would pop up in the lonely world around her. Like the day she saw it. She had spotted it in an alleyway off a street that she happened to be passing one morning on her way to selling apples that very few people would want to buy. She had been feeling her best and walking with pride, dressed to impress in her black pleated skirt with its thin white stripe, her black suspenders that fit just right, a white collared shirt and her black beret. Yes, Silverbell Smith was meant to look this way. It was then that it had caught her eye and stopped her stride, for it was familiar. She had not seen such a thing in so long, and Silverbell couldn't help but wonder if she had actually ever seen such a thing at all. Silverbell brushed her thick, dark curls out and away from her light eyes, as to better see. She then adjusted the black beret on top of her head as to better think about what she was seeing. And lastly, she tugged on the black suspenders that held up her black skirt with its thin white stripe, so that she could feel she was getting closer to it without getting any closer at all. Yes, Silverbell stared and stared and stared, transfixed by the familiar yet almost forgotten image. It was a circle, with a long tail sticking up, sitting nestled in a white space between the clutches of five black lines, three above, two below. It looked so cozy on its lines, so safe. It was a music note, Silverbell remembered. That was what such a thing was called. But it shouldn't have been there. Such things were illegal. Music notes came from music, and music was a myth, and myths were lies, and lies were bad. At least, that's what the governing governor said and his government officers, and his green government signs. Silverbell looked around on the street corner to see if she could spot the painter of this little painting. But there was no one around who looked like a painter or a criminal, and certainly there was no one around to claim the painting, for that would have made them a painting criminal. And so Silverbell went on her way and left the music note where it was. The music note was gone when she started her walk home from selling apples at the base of the new Bravo City new government headquarters. Well, not completely gone. There was a man in a green government jumpsuit with a green government paintbrush and bucket painting over it with green government paint. Silverbell crossed the street through mechanical carriages and manual motorbikes to reach this government worker surrounded by all his green. 
for that's just how curious she was. What are you doing? Silverbell asked directly, for she did everything in such a way. Though her voice was high, it was commanding, and though she was as small as any twelve-year-old her age, her confidence was larger than life. I'm painting over this graffiti, the government worker told her. It's a symbol of myth, you see, and as the governing governor says, music is a myth, and myths are like lies, and lying is bad. He reminded her, as if she had not seen it written in big green letters on every big green billboard located on every corner of every street in New Bravo City. So I've heard, Silverbell said with a shrug, and she adjusted the straps of her backpack that was longer than most backpacks, but not so long that people ever noticed how it was just slightly longer than normal. She left the man to his painting and headed home. Well, not to her home, for Silverbell did not have a home like children should. Instead of heading to a home, Silverbell headed down the stairs that led to the underground trolley station, past travelers and commuters and comers and goers. She snuck under the ticket booth that sold tickets she couldn't afford and moved across the platform and around people waiting for a trolley she did not want to ride. Down another set of rickety wooden service stairs she went, and merrily she skipped onto the track that the trains sometimes used but weren't currently using, into a tunnel that trains never used. She walked purposefully in the way she liked and proudly plodded up to a dirty, dark, and damp nook in the wall where there was a blanket and a pillow and not much else. Silverbell was home. Well, not home, for she had no home. But she was in her tunnel, where thankfully nothing at all was government green, but merely a peaceful, soothing black. Guess it's apples tonight for you, Silverbell, she said to herself. Silverbell didn't often have someone to talk to, so she quite often spoke to herself. She had not made any money that day selling apples, for the citizens of New Bravo City were not great lovers of fruit, which meant she had no money for food that wasn't apples. Silverbell pulled off her backpack and placed it on the ground, and upon opening the flap, she reverently brought forth into the damp, dark world her two most prized possessions. Hello, dear friends, she said to her violin and bow. Silverbell liked to talk to her violin and bow too, it would have been sad if she only ever talked to herself. The violin was thick, the bow was thin. The violin was light, the bow was heavy. They fit perfectly in her hands and fit perfectly to each other. If you have ever seen a violin and bow, you will know just what they looked like. But also, you wouldn't know at all, because despite looking like any other violin and bow that you might know, they were spectacular in a way you could only feel through your fingertips. Gently, Silverbell placed her violin on her shoulder and wrapped her fingertips around the frog of her bow, feeling that spectacular something through her fingertips to her toes. In the distance, Silverbell could hear the underground trolleys riding along on their underground tracks, loud enough to hide all manner of sounds from the world above. Silverbell took a deep breath, put bow to strings, and began to play. She closed her eyes as sweet music filled her ears and her ears alone as she fell into the familiar grasp of the one tune she played well. As she danced from note to note, Silverbell heard in her imagination the sound of other instruments. Oh yes, that one was a flute, and that other perhaps a humming voice. She thought she may have heard more instruments playing along once, but not tonight. As she played and played and played, little friendly wisps of light and magic danced from her bow and from her strings and around her as the song approached its climax. 
The tune was so satisfying, the music quite delicious. And as she hit the final note, all her hard work paid off. Plop. And just like that, Silverbell watched an apple fall from thin air and land at her feet. Silverbell wasn't always pleased that the only thing she could magic up out of nothing was a simple silly apple. But it was on nights like these, when she had no money, that she was glad she could at least magic herself up some food. Silverbell smiled and took a bite out of her magic musical apple that had come from her magic musical violin that she had worked with her magical musical touch. Yes, she was indeed proud of herself. And so that night, Silverbell Smith lay down on her makeshift bed in her makeshift home, feeling quite pleased to know that music was no myth, and music was no lie, and music was good.